Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. God has chosen to reveal to us by His own desire and predetermination His formerly hidden mystery as to the summing up of all things in Christ. Made known to us the mystery means that in Christ we now have revelation of things not known in Old Testament times. In our trip through Ephesians, we are stopping at a pullout along the highway to take in a majestic view as far as the eye can see. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he helps us understand the word mystery and New Testament revelations in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Paul, the Mystery Apostle. Paul was God's chosen instrument to spread the gospel, and he had a very specific plan. Every place he went, he followed his own pattern that he wrote in Romans chapter 1 to the Jew first. He always went to the synagogue. He always evangelized the Jews as much as he could for as long as he could, and he would always get thrown out. And he would go to the Gentiles, and he would bring as many of them to faith as God would, would, would choose to draw to himself in that place. And there would be the birth of a church, Jew and Gentile together in the body of Christ. And it was pretty obvious that Paul was sent to areas that were predominantly Gentile. He was to do something the, uh, far beyond what the, former, what, what the other apostles, I don't want to say former like they were dead, what the other apostles had done. Uh, the doors had been opened, first just as Acts 1.8 says, to the Samaritans, and then the doors had been opened up to the Gentiles. And then along comes Paul. And God used him to um, spread the church so that by the end of Paul's ministry, the number of Gentiles in the body of Christ greatly outnumbered the number of Jews. Now, would you notice he mentions this thing that God gave him to do as a stewardship. Stewardship comes from the English word steward, We don't use that word very much, but the word means a manager of someone else's affairs. Um, The Greek word is oikonomia. It comes from the word for house, and it's a mashup. Portmandu, I think, is the right fancy word for that. It puts together two words, the word for house and the verb for manage. So a steward is one who manages the affairs of the house on behalf of the owner. So he's not the owner, but the owner delegates to him the management of these things. And the, the, the steward is the person. The stewardship is the job description. Here's what you must do, and until I come and settle up accounts with you, this is what you should do continue to do. Now, I want to try to 
unscramble some possible um, confusion about this. The, the King James Version, and I think the New King James follows in their path, they chose the word dispensation to translate oikonomia, which our translation says stewardship. Why did they do that? Well, in early 17th century British English, the, the word stewardship meant exactly, I'm sorry, the word dispensation meant exactly what we say the word stewardship is. Uh, that, that's what it meant. It was the, the, the requirements for managing the affairs for the owner of the house. Now, a place where this gets confusing is that over time in the world of uh, theology, the word dispensation and the concept of dispensationalism, which, by the way, is something I've been asked to explain in um, Provoke the Pastor, so coming soon to a pulpit near you, uh, we'll talk about dispensations and dispensationalism. But over time, that word dispensation has come to be used for a period of time within the plan of God. A dispensation before Christ, after Christ, um, before the coming of the Holy Spirit, after the coming of the Holy Spirit, before the second coming, after the second coming. So it describes different periods of times. And to most people, when you say the word dispensation, if they've been steeped in 20th and 21st century uh, theological terms, they think of a period of time. Period of time is not what this word means here in Ephesians. It's instructions that, uh, or the, as I say, the, the job description for the, for the steward. So on another day, we'll talk about what we mean by dispensation and dispensational. But this is something that is peculiar to a time in the sense that these were things that were formerly not known, now they are revealed. And they lead to the summing up of all things in Christ. So, yeah, there's a connection, a connection to a period of time, but that's not what the word means. No specific time reference. Just note that Paul was talking about this ministry to Gentiles, which had landed him in prison, and he knew what he needed to do because of it. All right, there's the man. Now, the mystery. We're not going to do a detailed exposition of 3, 1 through 3 just yet. We're going to do what is ultimately a, a massive word study. Paul's apostleship itself was a mystery. He was not one of Jesus' disciples. He was not one of the ones that Jesus announced as his apostles after spending all night in, in prayer. As a matter of fact, uh, he wasn't there when the gospel was first preached after Christ rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit. Um, during those early years of the church, uh, Paul, or Saul of Tarsus, was an avowed enemy of Christ. He was a hater of Christ, a hater of Christians, a hater of the church. Until his spectacularly dramatic conversion in Acts chapter 9. The gospel 
was making the progress that God said it would. Start in Jerusalem and Judea. It's going to jump to the Samaritans. It's going to jump to the Gentiles. That had already taken place in, in the first eight chapters of the book of Acts. And then along comes Paul. Now, I'm going to tell you in a few minutes that the meaning of the word mystery is something not formerly revealed and now has been made known. So Paul was a, Paul was a mystery. Nobody had a meeting among the apostles and said, you know, we really need to add one. We, we really need to open a branch in Gentile land. Nobody was saying that. Paul's own description of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 8. 1 Corinthians 15 is the great resurrection chapter, and he's talked about the gospel that Christ, was, um, was, um, Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day, and he appeared to many, and he starts listing appearances of Christ, and he list, mentions that over 500 had seen the risen Christ. Well, that was all before Christ ascended to the Father in Acts uh, chapter 1. And then Paul says this, And last of all, who was the last person to see the physically resurrected Christ? He says, And last of all, as to one untimely born, the word literally means like an accidental birth, something that's out of the time frame that you would expect. As to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. No one saw that coming. No one. No one could have seen coming the fact of another apostle outside the circle of those who had been with Jesus, and he would be the one who primarily takes the gospel to the Gentiles. The, gospel, the uh, apostles were very clear when Judas had defected and they wanted to appoint one. It had to be somebody that was with us, with Christ, it had to be somebody who'd seen the resurrected Christ. That wasn't Paul. He is an anomaly. You might even say why he's a mystery. Now, here's what I want to spend the rest of our time on today. I want to give you this. Remember, we've, we've pulled off the road in Ephesians. We're at that viewpoint. We're up on the little hill. It's a crystal clear day. We can see as far as our eyes will let us see. We're going to take a little side trip here and look at this word, mystery. Now, studying the word mystery is also open to some ambiguity, some confusion, if you will. And the reason is that we have in English the word mystery, and it's not a translation of a word in the Bible. It's a transliteration of a word in the Bible. What does that mean? Well, if I, if I translate a word, I tell you what it means. If I transliterate a word, I take it from its language and its alphabet, and letter by letter, I match it up with another one. The Greek word for mystery is mystery. Actually, you would pronounce it musterion in, in the New Testament. So, our English word is not necessarily the I won't say it's inaccurate, but it's not the breadth of the translation of the Greek word mystery, or in a sense, it's not the precision of the Greek word mysterion. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.